Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. So let's look at these two texts. Um, we're going to look at these two texts because it's going to introduce the I am, this, the fantastic statements of Jesus. Let's just take a pause a minute. What's the first thing that we do when we begin a relationship with someone? Um, we introduce ourselves, don't we? We say, hi, I'm, you can fill in the blanks, I'm Steve. Um, and that's the beginning of the relationship, isn't it? You introduce yourself. Um, how many of you have ever had that awkward situation when you've heard that person's name and within three seconds you've totally forgotten? You ever done that? Within like three seconds, you've totally forgotten. And then I, I do this a lot, and then Viv will come up and she'll look at me to say, would you introduce me? And I, and I have this awkward moment when I say, Viv, this is... Uh, Viv's got used to me forgetting people's names, and so Viv will introduce herself and say, I'm Viv, what's your name? And to kind of let, let me off the hook. Or if you've been around a church community, we often pray for people here, and someone will come forward and they'll say, hi, I'm, can you pray for me? And then I'll, I'll pray for them, and I'll, I'll say, dear God, would you bless my brother? <laughs> do you ever do that? Do you ever do that? <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Um, this is the first time, the, Exodus 3 here, it's the first time that God introduces his name. It's the first time he tells, uh, he comes to introduce himself to his people. Let me just give you the context and then we'll read it. Uh, God's people in a nation called Egypt, Egypt is the biggest, long-standing, most powerful, preeminent em- nation and empire in the whole of history. It's, it's one of the biggest in, empires in the whole, in the whole of his, history. And they, be, they had a pantheon of gods, and they believed in all kinds of gods and goddesses, all religions, spiritualities. And the basic concept was, just believe whatever works for you. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? Uh, just go with that. Whatever you want to call God, just f- feel free to call God whatever you want. And what happens here in Exodus 3, God comes and introduces himself. The real God comes, and he comes over all the other false gods, religions, ideologies, spiritualities. And he shows up, and he has this meeting with Moses, who in fact is one of the most important men in history. And Moses here is having this conversation with God. We're going to skip ahead. Uh, I really encourage you this week to read Exodus 3. And be like a child and immerse yourself in the text. Imagine what it was like to be face to face with a burning bush and God and its holy place. So you have to take your shoes off. Imagine the heat as you read that story. But here we go. Let's, let's read this. Exodus 3.10. So, and this is God speaking to Moses. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh uh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. 
And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, they ask me well, what's his name? Then what shall I tell, him, tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. I love this. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. It's brilliant. Uh, so initially here, in verse 11, we see, I'm just going to skip through this. In verse 11, Moses is questioning his own identity. Um, and it's a bit like us, really. I was just thinking about us. Many of us are waiting for God to give us a sign before we're willing to step out of faith. Many of us are, God, would you give me a sign and then I'll go. I love how God replies in verse 12. And he just says, Moses is saying, well, who am I? He's questioning his own identity. And God just comes in and says this. God just says, I'll be with you. He doesn't give him a sign. He just says, I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's for, for you and I. That some, Sometimes we're looking for a sign, but God's promise is that wherever you go, whatever you do, I'll be with you. And the, sec the second question that then Moses asked grows out of the first. Moses had asked, who am I? Only to, only to be told the most important thing is not who he is, but whose he is. Do you get that? Not who he is, but whose he is. And who he is is ever-present with him. In other words, my own sort of fumble, South London way, intelligence. Moses should re redirect his attention from himself to God. It's as simple as that. If Moses' authority is wrapped up in his God, then we can understand why he answers this second question. He's, he's basically saying, okay, God, you're going to be with me, but when I go, and the other people ask me, well, who, what's his name? Who are you? Who, who are you? This, who is this God who's with me? What's his name? And this is what God tells. He says, I am. I am who I am. And I think that's a pretty cool name. Um, number one, I think that the fact that God has a name means that God is personal. God's relational. And just like Silvana yesterday, Silvana had this distant relationship with God, but didn't realize that God was personal. And so as we just introduce Silvana to this, this God who loves him, this God who cares for him, this God that wants a relationship with him, that's when the, the scales began to fall down. Uh, many people think that God is just impersonal, non-relational, just like the force in Star Wars. It's kind of out there. But I want to say God is personal, God is relational, and God has a name. And furthermore, not only does God have a name, but he reveals his name. Um, when someone... Uh, we, we, we name people that we have authority over, in that sense. And so Viv and I, we've got two kids, Abby and Sam. We named Abby, Abby because it means the father's joy. And we, we named Sam, Sam, because it means the one who hears from God. Uh, we've also got a dog and a cat. Uh, our cat's called Millie. And our dog, when we got him from Battersea Dog's Home, the, the Battersea Dog's Home named him Fluffy. <laughs> but <laughs> because, I, because I imagine myself walking around 
tooting, back com tooting common, shouting out fluffy, that was never going to happen. <laughs> so I was just imagining fluffy. So that was never going to happen. So we named him Charlie. Um, but we don't get to name God. In our society, there's lots of people who are trying to name God. This is God. You can name your own God, but God names himself because no one has authority over God. Uh, and as a result, God is personal and he's relational and he names himself and he reveals himself. He re he's the creator God, the God without beginning and end. Uh, it's not I am, uh, sorry, I am not, I, it's not that God was there or I will be there, is that God is always there, the active present tense. He's constantly, I am. This is the God who's without beginning or end. And this is the God that firstly reveals himself and his name to Moses. Um, so we're going to skip forward now. We're going to skip forward 1,400 years. Uh, if I can just sum this up. So God, God's people reveal his name and carry forward this name for generations and generations. But the, the problem is that they're so afraid of misspeaking or blaspheme, or what they would call blaspheming God's name. You see, one of the Ten Commandments is that do not take God's name in vain. And so God, they, God's name was sacred to his people, but they were so afraid that they, were, they wouldn't spell it correctly. And they would actually... Uh, they didn't spell it out properly at all. So in your scriptures in the Old Testament where it says in capitals, the Lord, uh, I haven't got time to go into some of the reasons, but uh, they, would, they wouldn't put God's, God's name, what he said about himself, because they, it was, they felt it was so sacred. They were so afraid they might take God's name in vain that they wouldn't even say God's name. It's sacred, it's special, it's hallowed, it's holy. So... 1,400 years later, this man turns up in his early 30s. He's preaching, teaching, doing ministry. And just like Moses did to God, people start asking Jesus, who are you? Who are you? What's your name? And this will blow your mind. Um, let's read what, what Jesus says about himself. John 8. Uh, I'm reading this from the message version. Then uh, the Jews said to, to Jesus, that clinches it. We were right all along when, you, when we called you a Samaritan and, and said you were crazy, demon-possessed. Jesus said, I'm not crazy. I simply honour my Father while you dishonour me. I'm not trying to get anything for myself. God intends something glorious, grand here, and is making the decisions that will bring it about. I say this with absolute confidence. If you practice what I'm telling you, you'll never have to look death in the face. At this point, the Jews said, now we know you're crazy. Abraham died, the prophets died, and you show up saying, drumroll, if you practice what I'm telling you, you'll never have to face death, not even taste it. And the Jews say to Jesus, are you greater than Abraham who died and the prophets who died? Who do you think you are? Jesus said, if I turn the spotlight on myself, it wouldn't amount to anything. But my father, the same one you say is your your father put me here at this time and place of splendor. You haven't recognized him in this, but I have. If I in false modesty said I didn't know what, I was going, what was going on, I would be as much of a liar as you are. But I do know 
and I am doing what he says. Abraham, your father, was jub with jubilant faith, looked down the corridors of history and saw my com day coming. He saw it and cheered. The Jews said, you're not even 50 years old, and you say Abraham saw you. Believe me, said Jesus. I am who I am. Long before Abraham was anything. And so that did it. That pushed them over the edge. They picked up their rocks to throw at him, but Jesus slipped away, getting out of the temple. I am who I am. 1,400 years later. So it's no wonder that the Jews picked up stones. No one could say the things that Jesus said and be taken seriously. Let's have a think about this. Imagine you're standing in your office. You have an office meeting tomorrow, or you're in your small group uh, during the week, and you stand up in, in your office boardroom. You buy the whiteboard and you say, you stand up and say, I am the way. No one has access to God except through me. <laughs> Imagine doing that tomorrow. <laughs> okay, let's take another, another step further. Think about how would you react if someone took a microphone at a funeral and announced, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe me, you will never die. Imagine, imagine that, awkward, you know, awkward, awkward moment. That person would be asked to sit down, or if I was there, I would help them usher them out the door. Um, but that same feeling that you have now, that's what, that's what Jesus was confronted. These people, for 1,400 years, had taken God's name as sacred and holy. Suddenly, Jesus is saying, I am. I am. It would have been the equivalent like tomorrow morning in the office or at a funeral. For Jesus to say that would have provoked them. Because the Jews would have gone back to this pivotal point in history. God spoke to Moses through a burning bush and sent him to Egypt to lead people into freedom. God's covenant name with Israel was, I am. Now hundreds of years later, the same words come from the lips of Jesus. He's claiming to be none the... Um, no one less than the Lord God. He's claiming, he's using the same words. The same God who spoke to Moses now speaks again. Now, present day, 2,000 years later, Jesus speaks to you and I. And he says, hello, I am. I'm a man who can bring rest to your restless spirit. I'm a man that can bring peace to your confusion and fears. Can you feel it? Imagine Jesus just standing before you and saying, hello, I am, nice to meet you. On the next slide are these seven sayings that we're gonna look at over the next couple of months. If you're on the front row, you can probably see them. <laughs> um, Jesus says, I, I'm the bread of life. First one. We're going to look at that next week. How many of you like bread? How, how many of you are gluten-free? Any gluten-free people? Oh, wow, amazing. How about... When you get to heaven, your gluten intolerance is going to be healed. 
You're going to eat perfect bread <laughs> with the bread of life forever. Uh, heaven for you is an eternal sandwich or an almond croissant or <laughs> just hang in there. Just get home. Um, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever believes in me will not thirst. Jesus Christ, my friends, is the only God. He's the only way to salvation. He's the only way to forgiveness of your sins. He's the only way to reach for. And Jesus here says, I am the way. Uh, some other, we had some people yesterday, there are some other ways. Yes, but they do not lead to life. They lead to death. They lead to hell. And they do not lead to heaven. Jesus is the only way uh, and the truth. Uh, and you've heard things. And some people will, will disagree with you. But Jesus is, I, I'm the way. So Jesus here in John 8, again, just read these scriptures, immerse yourselves. Jesus here is making a stand. Jesus, this is Jesus telling us the truth. You want, and he stands before you. Just imagine Jesus standing before you. And he says things like, you want a relationship with God? It's me. You want to know God? It's me. Jesus stands before you. You want your sins forgiven? It's me. You want your hurts healed? It's me. You want your burdens lifted? It's me. It's me. You want light in a dark world? It's me. Do you need a good shepherd? Do you need a good leader? Do you need a good guide? Jesus is saying, it's me. You want to be raised from the dead? It's me. It's always me. It's all Jesus. It's only Jesus. It's always Jesus. Amen. Um, I told you at the beginning that, that when one person when there's a relationship, one person initiates and says, hi. Jesus does that for you and I. He comes in and goes, hi. And we respond to him saying, hi, I'm Steve. I also want to say a bit like Alfie's story. Jesus Christ, he knows your name. I love that story. Jesus Christ knows your name. Every single one of you, know, God knows your name. Uh, and Jesus here in uh, uh, John 8, he reveals himself as the great I am. So he says, I am who I am, but I'm the great I am. I love that. I'll, it takes it another level. He's the great I am. Um, just as I come into land. Where, as, you, as we go these next couple of months with these I am sayings, if you, look at the, if you look at the narrative around when Jesus is saying these statements, there's always a miracle. There's always a sign. There's always a healing around these statements. And I believe what God's going to do, and if I can say this prophetically, I believe with each, each week that goes by, God's going to release a miracle attached to these statements. So if you are gluten intolerant, I'm the bread of life. If you're feeling dead inside, if you're feeling like I'm just dead, I've just, you don't understand my life, Jesus says to you, I am the resurrection and the life. And when he, each one of the, each week, I just imagine miracle after miracle after miracle. Because when there's revelation, there's transformation. And as you get a revelation of God, He's going to bring a transformation and a, and a miracle. Okay, there are, I, I told you I was going to land. There are many Christians today 
who think that we just study the attributes of God. If I just tick, okay, I'm the bread of life, I'm the light of the world, just tick, tick, tick. Uh, as an intellectual exercise, but without any little practical application. Many Christians like that. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, just this last week, I recently heard the great theologian uh, R.C. Sproul talk about the great, he's talking about America. What's the greatest need in America? But we can relate it to us. And he was asked this question. What's the he, someone asked him, what's the greatest need of non-Christian Americans? Non-Christian Brit British, non-Christian South Londoners. And R.C. Sproul answered this, to know what God is like. Greatest need, to know what God is like. Uh, the same person then asked another question. He said, well, what's the greatest need of American Christians? What's the greatest need? And he said, to know what God is like. <laughs> it's our greatest need. The attributes of God are simply a description of what God is like. And uh, I just want to encourage you and commend you to these scriptures. Maybe over these next couple of months, you want to take uh, John, fantastic John, uh, book of John and just go through them okay Moses I'm going to land now Moses was sent by the I am Jesus was I am and just like the song we, we sang earlier he's coming after you he's really coming after you and uh, just, why don't we stand I'm just going to invite uh, the band to come up what I'd like us to do is just close our eyes And just in this moment, imagine Jesus is toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Imagine Jesus is just touching toe-to-toe. -to -toe. He stands before you. And he's just introducing himself again. And he's just saying, hello. I'm Jesus. I'd love a relationship with you. I'd love to get you to know you more. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The guy in the blue here with the jumper, I don't know your name, but the Holy Spirit's on you. Just keep receiving. Just some people around him, just put your hand on there. Just put, yeah, just bless what you're doing. God knows your name, fella. And he's coming just to introduce himself again. Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. And he comes with joy. Kingdom of God is joy, righteousness, peace. So he comes in different ways. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. As Jesus comes, stands toe to toe and just says hi. I just want to ask, would you just say hi back? 
Thank you, Lord. If you want a renewed relationship with Jesus or you've never, ever, bit like my friend yesterday, Silvano, it was the first time you've found, met, met this man, Jesus. I'm just going to ask, would you just come forward or if you need healing or if you just need someone to bless you and pray for you, just come forward here. There's nothing special about the front. It's just a way that we can just uh, pray and come alongside you. So while, while the worship, while we're going to sing, would you just come forward and come receive from God? Come down now. Come as you are. Thank you, Lord. Just going to invite the Holy Spirit to just increase in the room. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.